It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. What's going on, Reds fans? What's going on, baseball fans, too? Welcome in to the Locked on Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Thanks for joining me today. We are talking about this winning Reds baseball team. As they head into the All-Star break, the Reds are sitting pretty in the NL Central. We'll talk about that. And I've got some first-half kind of awards to give out. That's all on today's podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's get started. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Boy, oh boy, we got a lot to talk about because we got a good Reds team to talk about. First time. Since 2014, that the Reds have gone into the All-Star break with a winning record. Man, it feels like forever. But hey, we are here. If you go to Fangrat or if you go to uh, um, baseballreference.com and you see the 2021 Reds page, it has right below the team name and the record, their odds at getting to the playoffs are now close to 40%. That's pretty awesome in a 162 game season, given. But they haven't done that for a while. So let's talk about how they got here because we were talking on Friday about a loss. We were like, oh boy, the Reds lost game one in Milwaukee. This is going to be a long series. There were some people that were pretending doom and gloom. They thought that this was it. The Reds were going to be exposed. Guess what? Not happening. Three out of four, they take from Milwaukee, and they do it in great fashion, different ways every single game. You had the Wade Miley game on Friday where he was phenomenal. Talk more about him in a minute. You had the awesomeness that was Eugenio Suarez hitting a home run off of Josh Hader, and you had Nick Castellanos on Sunday. How about that too? That was the second and the third time respectively that the Reds have beaten Josh Hader in his career and the first time that they ever even beat him since his rookie season in 2017. Dude has been dominant against the Reds, but Hader who? They absolutely dominated him in this series. Love, love, love to see it. It was a phenomenal game on Sunday, especially for the fact that for most of the game, it was a pitcher's duel. And you had the weird umpire strike zone again. I feel like everybody in that umpiring crew in Milwaukee for that four-game set were put together because they all don't know what the strike zone is. So if one of them has a bad strike call 
and a manager's trying to argue with them, the other umpires come together and like, yeah, sure, that's a strike. I mean, it looked like a strike to me because they don't know. I mean, this guy was absolutely just boning some of the Reds pitchers on these calls, and you even saw it if you follow umpire auditor on Twitter. They said that according to the way that Jeff Lipka called the game yesterday, the Brewers had a one and a half run advantage, even though they only scored one run. There's math in there. I'm I'm just not sure how it goes. But hey, the Reds beat it anyway. Love to see it. And, 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 you know, Luis Castillo with the six walks, I think a lot of that had to do with a weird strike zone. But he labored through with six walks and was able to limit the damage to just one run. And that that came on an inherited runner that Amir Garrett gave up a hit for to Jackie Bradley Jr., don't get me started about that. I mean, Jackie Bradley Jr. was on base three times yesterday. I guess it's got to happen sometime. There's a reason these guys are professionals, but the numbers say that the Reds should have gotten him out pretty easy, and they walked him twice and gave up a hit. So, yeah, baseball. Anyway, the Reds get the win, and that is what we are excited about. Three out of four against the Brewers. They now have six total games left, including these first three games out of the All-Star break against the Brew Crew huge huge series at great american ballpark we got to pack this place out guys we got to be loud as loud can be and we got to will our reds on to another series victory because like i said only six opportunities remain against the brew crew if they can take you know (laughs) let's not get too far ahead of ourselves but think if they can take four out of six against the brewers pretty big stuff right there you you gain two games already And you still have a nice, easy schedule with 13 games against the Pirates in August and September. And then you add in the Twins and you add in the Marlins. And yeah, there's some headway to be made for this red side, especially if they can go out and get a reliever to add to that bullpen. But super happy with the way that the weekend went. You saw some great at-bats by guys like Jonathan India. In fact, uh, let's look at this for a second. So uh, obviously Castellanos gets the credit for the RBI, the two RBI single because it was amazing. He hit it up the middle, fantastic piece of hitting against Josh Hader. But the guys before him, you had a Eugenio Suarez, which by the way, let's talk about that for a half second, getting all distracted here, but that was an intentional throw. You're not telling me Josh Hader accidentally lost control of the very first pitch that he threw to a Eugenio Suarez in a tie ball game. That's you're never going to convince me of that. Josh Hader does not lose control of pitches. He meant to hit a Eugenio Suarez 98 miles an hour and knocked his elbow guard off every bit intentional. Kudos to Gino for uh, keeping it composed, though, because basically when you look at the drama that is baseball, the only thing that didn't happen this weekend was a benches clear and brawl. Thought it might have happened there, but hey, whatever. Gino kept his cool and the Reds did what they needed to do and beat him on the scoreboard. But he gets the hit, hit by pitch. And then you have Alejo Lopez striking out. He just kind of looked really overmatched against Josh Hader. It's all right. It's like, you know, he's got a lot more chances here to figure out this Major League Baseball thing. But then Jonathan India kind of showed Alejo Lopez how to have a great Major League at bat because he worked a full count walk. And the way that he did it was he let he completely laid off of Hater's slider, which if you watch the replay starts in the zone and breaks out. I mean, that is a perfect pitch. If you're talking about and Jeff Brantley talked about this on the radio broadcast 
it is amazing that India did not swing at that because that is the kind of pitch that any pitcher dreams of. They're like, it looks like a strike to the hitter, and once he swings, it's already too far away from his bat. India lays off and goes down to first. Phenomenal big league at bat by him. And then Kyle Farmer pinch hitting for Mike Freeman. What a job. I think I jumped ahead there. Whatever. That was a great walk by India. But you had Kyle Farmer pinch hitting for Mike Freeman, who we'll talk about later on in today's podcast, hitting a absolute mammoth blast. It ended up turning into a single because Avisio Garcia was like an inch off of catching it, but it was a monster shot off the wall in right center field. He barely missed a home run on that off of Josh Hader. The Reds had Hader's number over the last two games, and you absolutely love to see it. So all the credit in the world goes to Kyle Farmer for that at bat. We'll also talk about him a little bit later on in the awards section of today's podcast. But overall, just an amazing series. If you are not excited this All-Star break about where the Reds are and where they could be at the end of this regular season, I don't know that I can help you because it's pretty obvious that this team is a playoff team. We're going to keep talking about that all season long right here on the Locked On Reds podcast. But now I want to jump into some first half sort of awards for this Reds team. We're going to do that in just a moment. Before we do that, though, I wanted to let you know that you can still go to betonline.ag and enter the promo code locked on to get 50% added onto your initial deposit. Betonline.ag has great lines when it comes to daily major league baseball games. They got, I haven't taken a look at it yet, but I'm sure they've got some great stuff for the home run derby and for the all-star game. You can also check out other sports like the NBA finals. They've got MMA and boxing. They've got futures for the NFL season that is coming up. The reds or the reds counterparts, the Bengals currently have their season win total at six and a half. I am tempted to take the over, but I'm an over-optimistic Cincinnati sports fan, so take that with a grain of salt. Anyway, you can check out betonline.ag today and set up a profile with a promo code locked on to get 50% added onto your initial deposit. And during the season, from time to time, I'll have a tip or two for you here to help you make a couple of dollars. That's betonline.ag and the promo code locked on. All right, so I've been looking forward to this ever since I thought of it. And let's be honest, it's not really that original of an idea. But hey, let's talk about some first half sort of season awards. And we keep saying sort of because this isn't the halfway point. The halfway point was when they began the series against the Cubs at Great American Ballpark like two weeks ago. We're not at the halfway point. We're past that point. But let's look at where they stand in the all-star break. Just a phenomenal 48 and 42 record. The fact that the Reds have played as well as they've had lately, that was a five and two road trip, which I guess I saw a tweet from Stephen Offenbaker from the Reds alert podcast saying that they go five and two on this road trip. So yeah, uh, <clears throat> good job, Steve. Uh, you look at the fact though, that you go even further back the 33, games in 35 days we were talking about this marathon that they were about to start on back in the beginning of june just a crazy stretch where they have very few off days leading into the all-star break during those 33 games the reds are 21 and 12 yeah 21 and 12 and that's including getting embarrassed by the padres and uh that terrible loss to the royals 21 and 12 love 
to see the way that this team has fought and gotten to this point. And the MVP, I don't even think we have to debate it. He did it last night. He's been doing it all season. It's Nick Castellanos. Easily. He should be in the National League MVP conversation if he isn't already. I mean, we keep seeing people talking about, oh, it's Tartis, oh, it's uh, DeGrom, it's this, it's that. Nobody's mentioning Castellanos in the national spectrum. And they are totally wrong for omitting his name because Nick Castellanos has been one of the best players in all of baseball. And you look at, I mean, yeah, he leads baseball in doubles. He also leads the National League in batting average and He also leads the National League in total bases for what that's worth. It's awesome to see the production that he has brought to this lineup after not taking his first opt-out and staying with the Reds this year. We all felt like he was not what last year was. Last year's shortened season was not who Nick Castellanos is. He hit 225 last year. Let's remember that. Right now, his batting average is just a tick below 100 points better than 2020. He's obviously not the uh, numbers that he had last year. He's definitely closer to where he is now, a 969 OPS, and you'll love to see a 147 OPS plus for Castellanos this season. And he's been the most feared dude in this lineup all year long. Plus, you look at this. This is one of my favorite stats for any hitter. Everybody always does this. And, you know, you have some people that say, well, it's really a circumstantial type statistic and things like that. But I love it still. We're talking about with runners in scoring position. Castellanos has 81 at-bats, 89 total plate appearances this season with runners in scoring position. He's hitting 309 in those instances, and he has an OPS of 940. Dude loves the big moment, eats it, gobbles it up, and says, I want some more. In fact, it's just like last night, whenever he was asked about that huge at-bat that he had against Josh Hader, and he answered with, he's just like, man, I'm happy. It worked. We got the run. Let's talk about what's next. He doesn't live in the past, whether it's a good or a bad thing. Like He has a short-term memory the perfect type of baseball hitter. I mean, it's no matter how good or bad it is, he's like, what's next? How are we doing? How are we looking? Where are we going? I'm done with today. What's coming up tomorrow? Because the game is over today. We can't do anything about it now. Let's talk about what's coming up next. And that is the type of dude that just leads this locker room. And I love it so much. That's the reason that these Reds are so much fun to watch is Nick Castellanos, because he brings that swagger, that mantra, and that confidence, as well as the short-term memory idea. Like the whole, you know, everyone, and, and me included, termed the loss in Kansas City embarrassing. Everyone turned the loss in San Diego embarrassing. Everyone looked at some of the losses to Arizona and said, embarrassing. Where's this team right now? Four games out of first place. They don't care. They just win. Just win, baby. Just win. So he is our first half MVP. It's without a doubt. I mean, you could probably throw a couple of ideas up there and see what sticks. You might be able to throw Jonathan India's name into the mix because ever since he's hit in the leadoff spot, he has an on-base percentage over 400 and he's a rookie and that's amazing. Um... Maybe Jesse Winker, but he kind of has slowed down here recently. It's Castellanos for me. I I don't know how you argue anything else. Then the other guy and the other award I want to look at here in this segment is Wade Miley. 
he's been the best pitcher for the Reds. Luis Castillo has the most talent. Tyler Malley has had some of the better performances this year. But when you tag on the fact he tossed a no-hitter onto the group of just amazing outings that he has already had this season, it's Wade Miley. He's got the lowest DRA on the starting rotation, and that's not even the reason that I picked him. He limits hard contact like it's his job, which it really is. But he's third in the league in hard hit percentage against him. Third in all of Major League Baseball for qualified pitchers. That is an amazing statistic. And when you talk about a dude who was questioned in the preseason, I've said this many, many times. Some of you are probably tired of me hearing this. But there were people that did not want him on this roster. There were fans that questioned his legitimacy as a starter. Maybe he should be out of the bullpen. Maybe he should be a sixth or seventh option, a guy that we're not counting on that much. He has been the best pitcher on this team. I firmly, firmly believe that. He has been so consistent, and that performance in Milwaukee was just more of the same. I find it strange that Fangraphs is like, uh, they have multiple, and, and maybe this was just based on their preseason predictions and they just cut off what's already happened and they're looking at what's left and things like that. But for some reason, projection programs have him at like a four plus ERA at the end of this season. I, I don't I don't see how that happens. In fact, his expected statistics are pretty close to where he is right now, saying that he's not getting that un, or he's not getting that lucky. He's just pitched really, really well. He doesn't get the strikeout numbers that you'd love to see from an ace pitcher, so we're never going to say that Wade Miley is the ace of the Red staff, but he has been the most consistent, the dude you lean on, the best pitcher on this pitching staff so far in this season, the first half, sort of, best pitcher. All right, got a couple more first half awards to get to, and I keep typing up these great captions and going to have them. So yeah, best pitcher, Wade Miley, the Reds first half, sort of MVP, Nick Castellanos. We got more for you coming up here in just a minute. Before we get to that, though, I wanted to let you know that you can get into a built bar. I'm talking about the best tasting protein bar on the market, bar None. Go to BuiltBar.com today and enter the promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order. They've got amazing staple flavors like peanut butter brownie, mint chocolate brownie, cherry bar, see it, raspberry, coconut. And if those don't get you uh, going, they've got all these kind of limited flavors that they roll in and out there as well. It is made with 100% real chocolate in some cases white chocolate in some cases dark chocolate they like to mix it up a little bit and give you all the flavor but it has great statistics too for stuff that tastes like the coconut tastes like a mountains bar it really does and when it tastes as good as that you're thinking man i'm killing whatever diet i'm on this snack is just gonna destroy it not so we're talking about 130 calories less than four grams of net carbs and four grams of sugar and up to 17 grams of protein. If you're looking for some more protein in your diet, Built Bar is a great way to do it. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and bring your snack game to the major leagues with the amazingly delicious Built Bar. All right, so we've given out the first half, sort of, MVP to Nick Castellanos. We've given out the first half, sort of, best pitcher to Wade Miley. Now, let's look at a couple more. The next one I want to jump to is the first half, sort of, best fielder. This one's an interesting one. It's a tie for me. 
Because there's a couple of reasons. Number one, everyone's first thought, Tucker Barnhart. That is without a doubt. He's one of the best fielding catchers in all of baseball. He might be the best. I don't know. And you look at him as a gold glove candidate. Yet again, he could get number three this year. That would be amazing. But the fact that he has just been so consistent, he throws out runners with regularity. He makes great plays at the plate, like that tag of Omar Narvaez on Saturday. I, I love everything about Tucker Barnhart. I would love the Reds. I, I, I Preseason, I wanted the Reds to not pick up his option and have Tyler Stevenson be the everyday catcher. I don't know that the idea of the everyday catcher is a thing anymore. And I absolutely want the Reds to pick up Tucker Barnhart's option and keep him for at least one more year. Because I think $7.5 million for a guy who has had a renaissance at the plate so well as as good as he is with the glove, I think $7.5 million is a bargain. So they should pick that. And it's a team option. It's not a mutual option. It's not a player option. It's a team option. So they get him for 7.5, period, end of story. Keep him. But I think it's a tie. Everybody says Tarka Barnhart, and I agree. But I think Kyle Farmer deserves recognition here. And I think that it should be a tie between Tucker Barnhart and Kyle Farmer for the Reds' best fielder. There's no tying in baseball. Yeah, I know. But when you look at what Kyle Farmer's brought to the table, he has absolutely nailed down the defensive questions that the Reds have had at shortstop all year long. Eugenio <clears throat> Suarez. He is, Eugenio Suarez was one of the worst fielders in all of Major League Baseball when he moved to shortstop. And he's still kind of been rough all year long, but that's beside the point. That's a whole other segment. At shortstop, Eugenio Suarez, don't want to see it anymore. Kyle Farmer, actually, when you look at the outs above average metric on baseball savant, which is not an end-all, be-all, but it's a nice starting point to understanding the value of a fielder, Kyle Farmer is tied for the best as a red at two, positive two. Yeah, that's how bad the Reds' defense is, but... Kyle Farmer has shown that he can make the tough plays, he can make the routine plays, and he makes it all look easy there at the shortstop spot. You're never going to say, okay, he's one of the best fielders in the league, but on a team that has largely punted the whole idea of fielding in 2021, Kyle Farmer has been magnificent, and I believe he deserves recognition up there with Tucker Barnhart. Ah, I'm sorry, got a little caffeine. But I love the fact that Kyle Farmer has stepped up in a clutch way out in the field, and I believe they need to tie for the best fielder. On to the next one, the best reliever. This one is hotly contested because most people are going to immediately think TJ Antone. I know that he's been on the injury list for a while, so we haven't seen him. His stats have been phenomenal. His talent is undeniable. His pitch arsenal is amazing. I'm not giving him this award yet, though. The first half, sort of, best reliever award goes to a man who largely was panned whenever the Reds added him. He is a guy, now, most of the guys in this bullpen this year have been either uh, minor league invites to spring training, minimum deal guys, waiver claims, things like that. So it's not exactly saying something that is surprising, but this dude was added at the end of spring training as a minor league deal with an invite to spring training. I'm talking about Heath Hembry. Heath Hembry has been the Reds' best reliever so far this season. Now, the first thing you're going to say is, Jeff, his ERA is over four. You can't give the best reliever award to somebody whose ERA 
is over four. How many times have I told you a person that just said that to me that I don't look at ERA when I talk about relievers? Now, there are some guys whose ERAs are just through the roof, and that is saying something about those guys. But for the most part, ERA is a very shallow way of understanding the value of a relief pitcher. We always look at strikeout percentage and walk percentage. Keith Embry has a 42% strikeout rate. Yeah. There's only two guys in baseball so far as if you look at like minimum 10 plate appearances or something like that that have better strikeout rates. One of them, the Reds just beat up on two days in a row in Josh Hader and the other guy I don't care about. Heath Hembry has been absolutely fantastic. And you look at some other stats. All right. His strikeout percentage, 42.1, percentile in Major League Baseball. His expected ERA of 2.83. That's right. He's getting unlucky, ladies and gentlemen, is in the top 10% in Major League Baseball. And his expected batting average of 160 is absolutely fantastic and top 2% of the league. Now, you can uh, at least give me a little bit of an argument against Heath Henry by saying he gives up way too many barrels, a lot of hard contact, things like that. It's not like a ton of hard contact, but the barrels are concerning. He gives up 15% barrels. That's like bottom percentile of the league, like bar none. But when you look at everything else, he has been just a phenomenal example of how awesome working with Derek Johnson can make a pitcher. I firmly believe that, and I believe that he deserves the best reliever award for the first half, sort of. Now, this last award, this isn't an award that you're going to go to the statistics for, except for one stat. This isn't an award that you're going to say, boy, this guy's the most talented guy on the team. He's not even really the most talented guy on the bench. He might be the first guy to get sent down whenever some of these position players come back healthy. But I'm talking about the when he starts, the Reds win. And that is Mike Freeman. If you saw my tweet on Twitter, at Jeff Carr with three Fs, I uh, found the statistics on on baseball reference. He started on Sunday. That was his ninth start of the season. The Reds are 9-0 whenever Mike Freeman is in the lineup. You're saying, Jeff, that's, that's all circumstantial. Well, maybe. When you look at his stats, he's hitting 214. Now, baseball savant says he's getting unlucky. He should be hitting 246. And he's slugging 214 because he has nine hits and they're all singles. And he's getting a little unlucky there because baseball savant says he should be slugging 291. But he's getting on base a little over 31% of the time. But that's no no matter because when you talk about the end of the season, you're going to look at the Reds record and you're going to say, what's their wins and what's their losses? And whenever they've got Mike Freeman in the starting lineup, the Reds are 9-0. and oh. Something to consider as we come into the second half of the season. And that's how we're going to end today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening and watching right here on YouTube. Make sure that you are subscribed here to the YouTube channel or you're following the podcast, whatever app you're currently listening to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr, like I mentioned, with three Fs. And follow the show at Locked On Reds and save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. We've got a lot of great stuff coming for you this week. We're going to talk a little bit about the draft and looking at some of the guys that the Reds picked. 
Also seeing if I can get a couple of people on to talk about where the Reds are and where they're going to be later on in this season. That's all here during the All-Star break week. That is this week. And, of course, we'll talk about what Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos do in the All-Star game Tuesday night. But that's going to do it for us today. Thank you so much for listening. Now go check out the Lockdown MLB Prospects podcast with Aram Leighton. Aram's going to talk about all the farm systems in Major League Baseball, probably going to talk a lot about the draft and what sort of value each team added. You don't want to miss that. Check out the Lockdown MLB Prospects podcast wherever you get your podcast. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for watching and listening. I'll talk to each and every one of you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.